Indiana begins the second half of its 2016 football season with a 24-14 loss at Northwestern uh, in a game where the offense struggled at the beginning, the defense struggled at the beginning. Defense kind of picked it up, the offense not so much. Um, Again, we'll get into the details of all those things in just a little bit, but uh, kind of a surprising loss to Northwestern, Sam. I mean, I think that or I guess I should probably introduce ourselves first. That might be helpful, wouldn't it? So Yeah, who are you? I have no uh, idea. I don't know. I mean, it, so if you haven't been listening for the last uh, 13 or so episodes of the Heard on the Hoosier podcast, I'm your host, Stu Jackson, and alongside me is Sam Bysizen, who does just a little bit of everything for us. I keep introducing him as our main football guy, but really he does more than that and should be recognized as such for that. You're so nice, Stu. We're starting so, this podcast. This is a love affair is what this is. I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> Monday, it's it's Monday. Got got to start off with good vibes. Anyway, this this was a uh, even with all the success uh, that Northwestern's offense, I should say in particular, had had over the last couple of games. Uh, the defensive secondary was allowing the most passing yards per game in the Big Ten, and you felt like the offense was maybe going to have an opportunity to bounce back, but. That wasn't the case. I mean, I guess let's just start. You know, kind of what were your general thoughts on how last Saturday's game went? I mean, you would you would know better than most because you were actually there. Yeah, uh, the beautiful Evanston, Illinois, kind of a cool campus. I, I mean, I parked on a golf course. That was pretty cool. They had uh, some W flags flying too. A bunch of W flags flying uh, for the Cubbies. But uh, yeah, no, it's just disappointing game. I mean, I've never seen the win just kind of go out of Indiana's defense as quickly as it did this season as it did against Northwestern to give up 24 points in the first half and go in the locker room down 24 to three. It felt very much like Nebraska in a way. Cause I think they were down 17, nothing at one point against Nebraska the week before, but it shouldn't have felt like Nebraska because Northwestern is not as good as Nebraska. It was just like a disappointing game. I, I think Northwestern opened the game as a three point underdog to Indiana. Uh, Indiana was a three point favorite and, I, they just didn't play like it. It was much of the same problems they had the week before against Nebraska and the week before against Ohio State, but it just seemed worse. It was the worst first half of football we've seen out of Indiana all season, uh, both offensively and defensively. The offense kind of started to put it together in the second half, but not really because it was just inefficient. You, you go 404 yards total offense and score just one touchdown uh, late in the third quarter. Just a disappointing all-around effort for an Indiana team that just got beaten up by a, a Northwestern Wildcat team that, you know, maybe it is a decent team. It's hard to tell because of the start they had of the season. Maybe they're rolling right now. But it's a game I, I think you and I can both agree on. Indiana could have won, maybe should have won, an opportunity lost heading into this final five-game stretch of the season where Indiana has three wins and needs to get at least two more. Yeah, Indiana now 3-4 and four on the season. Um, again, six wins is the minimum number of wins needed for bowl eligibility. And really, it was a loss that I don't think many people were expecting. I mean, again, given even with Northwestern kind of turning a corner, but offensively and really overall, I mean, they, they had a kind of a rough start to the season, but now they're sitting at four and three and, and things are looking good for them. But just uh, a really, really strange situation. I, I don't think we've ever seen Indiana's offense struggle like this at least I haven't in my you know last you know two three years covering the team no it was I mean, this, terrible. Is, this is I mean is it was incredibly uncharacteristic um 
mean, again, I guess keeping with the theme of good vibes here, we'll start with, you know, the not so good and then talk about maybe the slightly better with, with how the defense improved. But, I mean, that offense, I mean, I thought D- Dan Feeney coming back might make a difference. Because mm-hmm. he did. That's big and, news. Right, and he did. He was uh, – Kevin Wilson said on his uh, pregame coaches report um, on the IU radio network that uh, – Dan Feeney would be back in the mix. Feeney ended up starting, yes? He did. He started and was in and out throughout the game. It's hard to tell because you're not always looking at the offensive lineman, just quite frankly, in right. terms of how many snaps he played. I'd say it's probably about – it floated with about half the game, so but maybe like half the usual effort he does. It could have been more. I could just be making that number up, but I feel like there was a, quite a few times where I looked out there purposely looking for Dan Feeney, and Dan Feeney wasn't there. So him coming back was kind of a big deal, but they just didn't play that way, Stu. Yeah, it was um, it, it was strange. I mean, it, granted, like it was Kevin Wilson was right. I mean, Feeney was back in the mix. He started, but I mean, he he kind of indicated that Feeney wasn't going to be playing every every single snap Correct. in that game. And I mean, this offense, I, I just you know, I feel like we sound like a broken record, or I guess podcast in this case, <laughs> broken we, podcast. We, you know, we keep saying the same things, but. I mean, again, even Dan Feeney's return doesn't make a difference, especially with the run game that continues to struggle. Um, you know, quarterback play continues to be an issue. Um, you know, wh- I guess what do you pin the offensive struggles on? I mean, you'd think we'd be able to find a common thread, uh, you know, the last three games that we've seen it. At first, you know, we kind of thought, oh, well, it's they played two of the best defenses in the country and – let alone the Big Ten, in Nebraska and Ohio State. They play a Northwestern defense with an exploitable secondary, at least on paper, yep. and not even that can fix the problems. I mean, what's going on with this offense? What are you seeing as the as the biggest issues right now? There's so many issues. and I'm just going to start by saying they talk about competitive plays. I, that's like Get your cliches out of here. That idea of 50-50 balls and that making the difference, that's not the difference. There's a more fundamental issue than just competitive plays. I mean, they tried to throw on this Northwestern team because their pass defense was among the worst in the Big Ten. I think it was the worst in the Big Ten. And they threw 59 times. Richard Lego completed 35 of 59 passes for 319 yards, zero touchdowns. That's the big red flag. And two interceptions. One of them was a circus highlight real interception that wasn't really his fault. But, okay, whatever. Um, So Richard Lego got his yardage, didn't play particularly well. He was kind of hard on himself. Kevin Wilson was kind of hard on him. Just disappointing effort from the quarterback, but he had to throw the ball a bunch of times because the run game wasn't doing anything again. Divine Redding takes the ball 16 times for 42 yards. Uh, Devontae Williams, four times for 42 yards, but he had a 24-yarder in there. So there was no run game, so Richard Lego had to throw the ball basically every other snap, practically every snap at, at times. You got Nick Westbrook involved. Westbrook goes for over 100 yards for a third time this year at 10 catches. It, the numbers show Richard Lego had a decent day yardage-wise, but just again inability to to perform in the red zone and the scoring zone. Uh, they account for one touchdown, ironically on a on a Nick Westbrook run. Wide <laughs> uh, receiver reverse. Uh, wide receiver reverse. It just you never thought Indiana was going to win that game, and that's really disappointing against a Northwestern team. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of want to say it's maybe, you know, maybe the problems begin with just the offensive line not being its usual self, which, again, normally a very, very good group, one of the strongest aspects of 
the team year in and year out no doubt. in Kevin Wilson's tenure as the head coach of Indiana. Yes, Greg Fry does a great job with those guys. But, I mean, for whatever reason, uh, I mean, again, it, I think it, it goes it goes across you know all three of those groups between the quarterback, the offensive line, and the running backs. The offensive line can't get uh, you, you know is isn't able to uh, you know create some of those gaps and holes that it's used to creating, and so then there's no lanes for the run game. And even when it is there, the run game can't seem to capitalize. And when you put that together. Something you know that you take the you know occasional inaccuracies you know or the over well, I should say you you take those things together and then you lean on Richard Lego to try to make a perfect throw on every single throw, which just isn't feasible. And now he's overthrowing receivers, underthrowing receivers, missing left and right. Yeah, missing left and right, overthrowing because partially because he's you know having accuracy issues, but also partially because, I mean, with the struggles of the run game, teams are just loading up the box and then teeing off on Lego, just sending a blitz whenever they please. And it's, you know, the pressure is getting to him, which, no doubt. I mean, anybody who's in that pocket, you, you know, I don't care, you know, what quarterback you are or what team you play for. I mean, if your run game struggles, it opens up an opportunity for defenses to uh, send as many players as they'd like practically um, blitzing and putting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And Xander Diamant was supposed to fix that when he went in last week or the week before. And and then we don't see Xander Diamant against Northwestern at all. Just strange, strange things out of the offense. This seems like, I mean, we're seven weeks in we talk about trends. This is a broken offense. It's not going to get much better. There's only so much room for this team to grow. And Indiana's just going to have to deal with it. Luckily the defense Played rather well in the second half against Northwestern, uh, allowing only 37 yards. Well, well, and to put that into context, what was the first half yardage total? Uh, the first half yardage total would have been uh, 364, 365 yards, I believe, because they had ridiculous difference there. And that's by Northwestern's That's offense. by Northwestern's offense. They go from 365 or 370, somewhere in that ballpark, to 37 uh, so you go from allowing 24 points to zero points, which is a lot better, all without a takeaway. I don't think there was a single takeaway in that game that I can remember. Yeah, though there there should have been there a been couple. A few. I mean, granted, you know, Rashard Fant, <laughs> as great as he's been this season, I mean, had a couple of pass breakups that, let's face it, should have been interceptions. Oh, yeah, there were passes to him, especially for the former receiver in high school. Right. But, um, but again, I mean, that's that's being kind of nitpicky here. Um and he wasn't alone. Jonathan Crawford had a few. But, yeah, no, defense plays rather well. Uh, keeps Indiana in that game. Allows the 24 points. Uh, I don't think you, can play much. you can't complain much about that group. It gave Indiana a chance to win again, and the offense just wasn't there. Uh, the only thing I'd be upset about, like I mentioned earlier, is no takeaways because that's what can rejuvenate this offense. That's, that's kind of what can jumpstart that struggling group as a takeaway, put them in the 30-yard line, do whatever. It just wasn't there. I mean, at this point, that that seems like the most immediate fixers that for that offense is just the progress that defense has made. I mean, I can't I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're at the point, at least until the offense fixes those issues and errors, that the defense is more likely to score off of a takeaway than the offense is in the scoring zone. That's true. That's just what it is. You're you're more likely to get a defensive touchdown than a Richard Lego touchdown pass at this point, and that's not good. Or even a rushing touchdown. And, and just I guess moving forward, like you mentioned earlier. They got a Maryland team this week that's one win away from bowl eligibility. 
Then they play Rutgers. Those are two games on paper you say Indiana could probably win. Then you got Penn State, a suddenly hot Penn State team that might be a lot harder to beat than initially thought, uh, a Michigan team that's going to kick Indiana's butt, and then Purdue. Yeah, it's three winnable games, you think, a, a, a toss-up game against Penn State, and you're going to lose to Michigan. you got to get those three wins to get to six wins for bowl eligibility. Like I keep saying, five wins probably get you in. You don't want to do it that way. It's an uphill battle from here on out uh, for Indiana with that Michigan State win looking really, really useful at this point. Not that it was a great win considering everybody's beating up on Michigan State. But Indiana's just in a precarious spot, and this is going to be a key couple of weeks here with Maryland and Rutgers looming. But you want to talk about basketball a little bit. Yeah, there was also a uh, pretty big basketball event on uh, Saturday. That would be Hoosier Hysteria. That's what I was uh, back in Bloomington for a while. Uh, Sam was in Evanston doing a great job with her football coverage. So. Oh, so nice, too. Hey, that's what I'm here for. And so uh, pretty exciting. Um, you know, got to meet the, uh, you know, this year's women's basketball team, which was great. Got to meet this year's men's basketball team, also great. Um, Three-point contest, dunk contest, scrimmage from the men's team. Um, dance routines, you know, the, the regular wait, wait, Hoosier hysteria. The regular Hoosier hysteria for those not familiar. In a um, non-regular building. What did you think of Assembly Hall? You know, being in Simon Scott, Assembly Hall was actually um, for that was actually its first public event. Yes. I mean, granted, they had tours. They had they had tours for the public that were going on during the day from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then there was a self-guided tours that were available after the dedication ceremony two Fridays ago. So, I mean. Technically, but technically, first actual public event yes. with something going on on the court, right? And it was cool. I mean, I, I think it it was great. Everything but the uh, fifteen minute season highlight video um, of the men's team was that that was a little much for me. Just bec- and I and I felt kind of bad for um, you know my guy DJ Unique. Or I should say our guy. We're both pretty cool. Though. Oh yeah, but uh, you know because. The energy just, energy just seemed to drain, despite him, you, you know, doing a very great job with the uh, with the music. I mean that, you know, when you're sitting there watching a video for 15 minutes, it's just, it's just you don't want to watch. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm focusing too much on just no, on little things. That's but. totally cool because like the one thing that I will never get over is Yogi Ferrell's shot against Iowa, that three pointer that. I'm doing air quotes now, won the Big Ten that Indiana keeps playing up. I get that it was a good shot. It was a poorly taken shot. But, like, they act like that was at the buzzer to win the national championship. We only need to see that play, like, once every now and again. You don't need to see it 20 times with different angles. I mean, right. the highlight video, we get it. You you won the Big Ten regular season championship, and then, you know, but. good for you. But – Anyway, you I mean, got talk about living in the past. That's Indiana, though. Right. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the present and what we saw on the court, or maybe the future. I guess because ooh, I like that. The future. Uh, let's talk about the future. I mean, Devonte Green. I mean, you you were watching this from uh, from afar in Evanston, or, or maybe back home. Either oh, back way, home. I, I either take way, it. either way, you you watched this. Um, you were able to catch the scrimmage as well. I mean, Devonte Green. Uh, maybe I'm just maybe I just didn't follow this as recru- his recruitment or his his high school games as, as closely as I thought. But five three pointers in an intra squad scrimmage. I mean that that was pretty impressive. In only twelve minutes. I mean yeah. that was a jam packed twelve. Mi- Granted, there was no defense being played. Um, 
I mean, Thomas Bryant had like what four dunks. Where it was just zero, no defense. But yeah, no. To get that kid shot rolling after the three point contest, I thought that was kind of cool to see him. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, the work that Juwan Morgan put in. Very sneaky, quiet. Not Juwan Morgan. I'm sorry. OG on a newbie put in. I confused those two in my head. A very sneaky, quiet, just OG dunking and and just fundamentally being like around. I liked seeing that. Uh, you like what you got out of Josh Newkirk. It's just, for what you can take in 12 minutes, everything's going to be good in that 12 minutes. Sure. But very, very, nice small sample, very small sample size, but you like what you saw. Josh Newkirk looked very capable of handling point guard duties. Oh, he's totally the point guard. I mean, I think that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Unless, like, him and Rob Johnson have a timeshare on the position. Or James Blackman, had. man. James yeah. Blackman thinks he's a point guard. He's not, but he thinks he's a point guard. It's going to be interesting. I thought Newkirk looked pretty impressive uh, playing against his own defense. Tim Priller, uh, maybe he gets in the rotation hey, this year. Th- he hit a free throw line jumper. That's big. I couldn't hit a free throw line jumper. That's one of my favorite shots he, in basketball. Tim, Tim Priller also walked out to uh, power by Kanye West and then dabbed, which, oh. I mean, would we all expect anything less? Let's be honest. I mean, we're not going to see any of Tim Priller again this year. I wish we would, but, God, I like that kid. I mean, what was your, what was your big actual takeaway apart from Tim Priller? What was the big thing you took away from Hoosier Hysteria, whether it be the 12-minute thing, Tom Crane getting dunked over, Thomas Bryant hitting threes, Tyra Buss doing backflips? Like, what, what, what was your big takeaway? Yeah, uh, well, I found out that I had incorrectly categorized what that move was at midcourt. Like, I think I called it a cartwheel or something. I thought it was a cartwheel. It was kind I mean, of a, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that was. Anyway, my, my biggest takeaway wasn't that, as impressive as it was. It was, um, you know, just – like really, the freshman. I mean, especially Devonte Green. I mean, not to repeat myself, but again, even though it was a 12-minute intra-squad scrimmage, that says a lot about him, about the kid. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's going to be a bigger contributor than maybe people expected coming in. I was most impressed to see James Blackman just having fun and, and kind of getting out there because James Blackman is a very—he's a cool cat. You know, he doesn't get too excited about anything. Generally, it looks unhappy about most things. Uh, he just isn't. Well, I think that's usually when he's talking to the media. Uh, definitely when he's talking to the media. But he just doesn't look happy most of the time. He looks happy at Hoosier Hysteria. I think he was enjoying himself. And and you look at this team, he's the most talented player on this team, in, in my in my humble opinion. I know OG Ananobi and Thomas Bryant, people will get on me. But I think James Blackman Jr. is going to be the catalyst for this team to see him you know, playing well, hitting shots in his three-point contest, knocking down... Grant Galon in a playoff in the three-point contest. I liked seeing that. Uh, it was it was good to see. I don't know. It, yeah, moving well, forward, it's something to build on for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- and I think you make a great point, and that's actually something that I hadn't considered just because, I mean, again, you look at what he's gone through over the last nine months. He misses the second half of Big Ten play with, an, what, his second major knee injury? Mm-hmm. It's tough. He misses that. He sits out the whole Big Ten tournament, the NCAA tournament. And that, and that was James Black. That was Yogi Ferrell's team, but it was also James Blackman's team. They shared that backcourt. He, he was the second leading scorer on the team bef- behind uh, probably Yogi, right yep. before uh, before getting hurt. So, yeah, I mean, I would argue that that's even a bigger takeaway than Devontae Green. You know, you know, making it rain for both will be important, and yeah. uh, and that's kind of moving forward into. I don't even know, Stu. You probably know this better than me. When when are you starting this thing up? When is the first game? Is that like next week? First exhibition game. Uh, first exhibition game is November 1st. November 1st. So that's not next week. It's seven days from now. 
Wow. No, eight days from now. Yeah. It's coming. Wow. That's Basketball sick. season's coming, bud. It's going to be wild, and it's going to be crazy, and thehoosier.com will be there for it, you know? We'll have plenty of coverage, not only with basketball, but football as well over the next week at thehoosier.com or indiana.rivals.com, depending on what you prefer to type into your address bar on your preferred web browser of choice. I like mixing it up. I like going sometimes. Sometimes I go indiana.rivals.com just because I want to, you know, I want to feel connected to the Rivals community. Other times I go straight to thehoosier.com because I know where I'm going for all my Hoosier news. Yeah. It's kind of just like whatever I remember right off the yeah, bat. that too. But <laughs> to each their own. So, again, be sure to check out uh, the our website for uh, all the latest um, Hoosier football and basketball and athletics news and updates. Uh, again, basketball season getting very close here. Uh, we had uh, video highlights, uh, quite a few stories and takeaways from that on the website, so be sure to check that out if you couldn't this weekend. And, of course, we'll have a lot throughout the week from uh, football, media availabilities, and such. So, Again, we thank you for listening. For Sam Bysizen, I'm Stu Jackson. We'll see you next time.